0: Welcome to the Arise Podcast. I'm Tanya Anderson, CEO at Arise, and it's a real pleasure today to have with me Peyton Sefik, who I met through our RISE Adaptive Design Program, but is... Uh really involved in our community. So welcome, Peyton. Thanks for having me, Tanya. I'm really excited to be here. Oh yeah, me too. So um, we have done a couple of podcasts about adaptive design, which is a fabulous program here at Arise where a group of makers and designers get together and create adaptive equipment for individuals using low-cost materials like cardboard, and 3D printing, etc. And I met you through that movement and But you are involved in other aspects of inclusion in our community. Can you describe some of your roles?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I've been working with uh, Dr. Ninka Dosa at SUNY Upstate for uh, almost 10 years now. Um, We started a program or a network in the New York area, in central New York area, called the Fitness Inclusion Network. And it's essentially just a group of people that are like-minded and interested in inclusion and um, helping families get outside and active and um, also providing access to adaptive sports. Um, And through that, I I also started working with um, CNY Adaptive Sports. It's a a local group that provides um, adaptive equipment for children, families, and adults who are interested in playing uh, adaptive sports like wheelchair basketball and sled hockey, going for bike rides with hand cycles, uh, things of that nature. And then I also am an athlete with a disability. I play a sport called power wheelchair soccer or power chair football. And um, I've been playing that for a long, long time. And um, I've been very fortunate to be able to travel around the world playing, playing that sport. So um, just getting back from Sydney, Australia. So wow. if I'm still shaking off the uh, jet lag, uh, I'll apologize now.
0: Well, that... That's so exciting, and um, we're going to talk a lot about your trip and the power soccer that you've been playing, um, but what you're talking about in terms of inclusive rec is so important, and it's a, one of the foundations of Arise also because, you know, at Arise at the farm, we have inclusive rec um, with the hand cycles and accessible equipment, adaptive ski equipment with Arise and ski, so it really resonates with what we do, and I think, you um, People don't always think about people with disabilities as, of course, wanting to have recreation opportunities like everybody else.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think um, the medical model of uh, disability, especially physical disability, um, can kind of uh, put up barriers for people um, because all it takes is a, a few adapt uh, adaptations to um, to get people out and active. And like what you were talking about with a rise at the farm, just uh, one or two things happening to a a horse's saddle can get people riding right um and same with skiing you know i uh, i have skied in the past and um and it's a really freeing feeling um just gliding down the mountain so um those things um you know it's not often thought about but um it it can be a great equalizer for for not just the community but also for families that didn't know that those experiences were out there for them right um just uh, just a couple of quick changes to, to a piece of equipment, and, um, and someone who's already had that experience can go a long way for, for a family that's just getting into uh, adaptive rec.
0: Right, and it, it really is a quality of life issue, as you said.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So you identify as a person with a disability. Yep. Do you mind describing your disability? Sure.
1: I have uh, arthrogryposis, which is a, a disability that uh, was present at birth, and uh, it affects my joints. So my arms, legs are affected by it, um, and um, um, I'm kind of developed atypically, and um, I can't support myself when it comes to standing. So I, I use a power wheelchair. My upper body is not strong enough to propel a manual chair. So, um, so I have a I have a power wheelchair that has a center mount joystick, which is a little different than what most people are used to seeing. Um, but I have good balance, and um, I can um, I can move my head and neck around really well, so that helps out on the on the soccer pitch.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the soccer pitch and 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 power soccer. Uh, how did you get involved? Well, first, what is this sport?
1: Yeah, uh, power wheelchair soccer is a, a sport played on a, a basketball court inside, um, as opposed to able-bodied soccer that's played outside. Um, we play essentially. Um, we we almost exclusively play on basketball courts. We can play on other hard surfaces, but um, but a wooden basketball court is kind of the the ideal um, ideal court to play on. And uh, we have specialized wheelchairs that go really fast <laughs> and um, are very agile. They have a front guard on the front of them to protect the player and their feet. Um, so you use the front guard. You use every part of your wheelchair to hit the ball, to move the ball, to dribble the ball, um, just like in able-bodied soccer. Um, But in in this case, um, we just kind of wheel and deal, sitting down and going really fast, zipping around. Um, It's played four on four, um, and there's special rules about spacing with your teammates. So you can't get too close to each other. You have to keep the floor really spread out. And that really opens the game up for exciting passes and shots. a big move in power soccer is using uh the force of your wheelchair spinning to either side left or right and uh with the extended guard on the front of your chair um you can kind of smack the ball it's called a spin kick mm-hmm. um and um some some players are better than others um at doing that uh, that is not my specialty on on the pitch um I'm more of a ball handler when it comes to when it comes to playing but Um, I play locally for a team here in in the Syracuse area called uh, CNY United, Um, but I also play for the U.S. National Power Soccer Team um, through the U.S. Soccer Federation. So um, the trip that I had mentioned earlier about Australia, that was actually to the the FIFA World Cup um, that happened uh, just a few weeks ago.
0: Wow. That... I'm, tr- I'm trying to visualize all of this, and it's my mind is just spinning. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to look it. it up
1: on YouTube because it's a it's a fun sport to watch.
0: So if someone is listening to this, what would they put into a, can, a Google search for Yeah, YouTube? you can just
1: type in um, Power Chair Soccer, Power Chair Football. Okay. Um, you can search the U.S. National Power Soccer Team. Um, and then our league that we play in the United States is called the USPSA, the United States Power Soccer Association.
0: Okay, all right, so we'll tag all those phrases. Great. Um, so how did you get into this amazing sport?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so as a kid, I was really active, and I loved to play sports, and all my friends were able-bodied, and they all played soccer and baseball, and um, and I would uh, have friends over to my house, and we would create, uh, like, backyard games and adapt them. My friends were amazing at, you know, creating rules to make an even playing field for me. Um, and we had fun and we were really competitive, but I always knew that I was like missing out on, on an extra piece of it because I would go and watch them play their games. Right. And, um, I would just feel like I would be excited for them. And, uh, but I, I felt like I was missing that you extra piece. You wanted to be piece. on the field. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to help them, you know, win or be a part of them losing. Like I knew that that was like a big deal, the camaraderie that comes with competition. And, um, so I you know my parents knew that about me and they they got me into a lot of different adaptive like endeavors whether it was uh challenger baseball or uh the games for the physically challenged um growing up that was in Brockport um and um while I was there I was doing a few different like power wheelchair events whether it was like racing or or like a a slalom course that they would set up and I met someone who um who told me hey you seem like you can drive your chair really well. You should ch- come to Rochester and check out this sport called power soccer. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, I had tried challenger baseball and uh, it was a great experience, but it wasn't quite for me right. um, on the comp- competition side of things at the time. Um, and um, I was like, okay, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. And my mom really wanted me to try it out.
0: So, how old were you when this was? I was going? like 12. Twelve. Yeah. Okay. And so, your mom says, "Oh, yeah. There's no problem with you whizzing around." Okay, yeah, good. yeah.
1: <laughs> and sh- you know, I was living in Baldwinsville, and um, we had to drive out to Rochester for it. So this was like a big thing of for course. us. Um, and like, I wasn't, especially for me, not being like sold on it yet. But mm-hmm. then, then as soon as I got out there, you know, they strapped a guard to the front of my wheelchair, and um, and I I saw what they were doing. I started moving. Th- back then. There was a, a soccer ball that was about 64 inches, or no, not 64, excuse me, 32 inches in diameter. So okay. it was really big. Okay. It was a really big soccer ball.
0: Is that like the starter soccer ball? Is that what that means?
1: Um, no, this was the old game. This was okay. the old rules. They had an old soccer ball. Now it's 13 inches in diameter. It's a lot smaller. Okay. It's weighted so it doesn't come off the ground, but this is this is before the rule changes happened in power soccer, which were a big thing. Um but um, I just saw a bunch of adults. it was like an adult dayhab program um, and a um, bunch of adults just pushing the ball around and here comes this you know, young 12 year old that all of a sudden I, I get my guard on and I just something clicked in my brain and I was able to just kind of maneuver through everybody with the ball and um, it just felt so cool and um, the other thing that really sold me and this is my favorite one of my favorite power soccer stories is it was an adult day hub program, and um, there was like a wide range of adults, probably like thirties through through like sixties or seventies. And uh, this woman who was who was older, uh, she was probably like like probably in her early seventies. Um, she like just she saw me driving a- around, and um, I would like dribble it around her. And one time, she just didn't let it happen, and she <laughs> smashed me into the wall. And it like broke the guard on my oh. chair and I was sold after that. I was like, this is the best thing ever <laughs> as a 12 year old, you know, to get, to get like essentially checked or hit for the first time, um, and know that I was safe and know that that was just part of the competition. Uh, it was something so exhilarating about that.
0: So that's okay in the rules or no? No, definitely not. No, okay. that's
1: a yellow card for sure.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So after you had this experience and you were sold, then, then what happened?
1: Um, so, yeah, I, you know, f- immediately fell in love with the sport, and I started to uh, drive to Rochester every Saturday morning with my mom. Um, and um, I got really into it. And um, a team, there was a, a young team from Buffalo area that was, um, had played, Other teams in the air. I had no idea it was like a it was a a legitimate sport with you know with a league and uh, international competition. Um, I didn't know about that, so um, I you know we go to practice every week, and one week they the coaching staff told us like, hey, we have a a surprise for you guys. This team from Buffalo is going to come in and teach us how to play you know soccer that they play in the national at the national level and i was like what, what so this
0: this team in rochester that you're playing with every week is is this um young adults or are they is it a mix of folks yeah it
1: was a mix of folks okay. but it was mostly just an adult hub program to okay. you know have fun kick the ball around so get the people active. who checked
0: you that first day it's those same people yeah right. okay yeah
1: right. it, but, but you know we weren't necessarily like a full board team looking to play Got competitively it. it was more of like a a recreation program.
0: See, okay. And
1: then this team from Buffalo came in and, you know, we're like, okay, we're going to play a full game four on four. And, you know, they scored three goals in the first two minutes. And I was just like, I was like, this is amazing. Like, I'm so glad to be losing right now because I get to learn how the game is actually played. Right. And um, it was just a really unique experience to, to kind of get introduced to the game that way and, um, and then learn that there's players all around the country That are my age that have disabilities in high school and um older than me and people to like kind of find out about and slowly but surely you know my dad got involved after a little while and he you know he saw the potential in me to be a good player and um he also didn't like driving to rochester none of us really did you know so we decided to make a team here and we did a lot of like outreach to schools and to different programs to find people in power chairs that might be interested and slowly but surely over the course of like three or four years we built up a, a team and um, we we ended up getting uh, quite a few players we had a recreation team and then we also had a competition team and and from there it just kind of slowly but surely grew um, to uh, to a, a very legitimate team that ended up winning a, a national championship in 20 Fifteen and wow. um, produced two uh, uh, national team athletes as well. So um, really started from the started from a recreation grassroots program, and um, and kind of built it all the way up to uh, to um, international level of competition.
0: So this team that you you and your dad created of base of younger folks playing the game, does that team still exist
1: um we do um a lot of the vast majority of the players that were on the team back then are uh have moved on um but we do still have cny united i i was actually at practice with them last night nice Um, and you know now it's a young team of players that don't have too much experience when it comes to to playing high level um but they're they're very young and passionate and you know i'm i'm in my mid early to mid 30s now and um I'm starting to, um, I'm starting to, you know, feel the effects of playing high level sport for 20 years. So, um, having their energy and their passion for the game is kind of reinvigorating me and um, really exciting me to, to continue to play.
0: So you weren't coaching per se, you were, you were observing more the team or or do you act as a coach for this team? Um,
1: yeah, I would consider myself uh, a coach. We, we also have like a coach and a like I consider him a coach and general manager um, that helps out with logistics and also helps with coaching, uh, coaching the athletes, but, um, but I, I do a lot of that as well.
0: Wow, that is so cool. So you mentioned that you had just gotten back from Australia. Mm-hmm. What was the competition in Australia?
1: That was the FIFA World Cup, um, which is the, you know, the best teams and the best players in the, in the entire world and uh it was it's always a very exciting experience being a part of that i was um an alternate on the team that went to paris france in 2012 Mm -hmm. and um i was i was on the travel team that played in 2017 in Kissimmee, florida and uh and then also this i made this travel team as well and um yeah it was just uh it's always a really exciting experience we get to um you know aside from the competition which is incredible um the level of competition is just you know it's always getting better and better but this um it's just as much about the community in power soccer because you're meeting people with disabilities from all around the world right. um, and we all do things differently um but we all have similar experiences and we can learn from each other that way and uh it's just a really impressive group of people that um that take competition seriously and also take community seriously as well. So it's a it's a really cool thing to be a part of.
0: I can only imagine the energy and the power with all these elite athletes getting together. Yeah. How big do you think the community is? Around the world? Yeah.
1: Um, well, there's 10 teams at the World Cup, and there's probably, um, I don't exactly know, probably 20 to 25 teams, like nations that play Maybe more. I'm not sure at this point. Okay. Um, but I. Um,
0: it's significant. I, oh, it's
1: very significant. Yeah. Um, I think the, the hardest part about about power chair football or power soccer is um, the you know how expensive durable medical equipment is. Right. And um, and how ex- how expensive wheelchairs are. And as I mentioned before, we play in specialized wheelchairs. Um, they're called strike forces. Uh, which are low to the ground they're built special. they're built for power soccer and power soccer only right um but they're really expensive too about how
0: much would that be
1: um a chair a new chair um costs upwards of ten thousand dollars wow um there are a lot of grants to apply for for athletes and depending on where you live there's groups that um help fund that um but a lot of a lot of athletes are you know fundraising and paying out of pocket for them uh, for them themselves, um, which obviously gets very expensive. Right, um, and that's not you know that's also on top of prices to compete and to travel. travel. Right. And, um, for someone like me who's in, like lives independently, I also I don't only pay for myself, but I also pay for my assistant to to travel with me. Um, luckily for for the um, the national team we fall under the umbrella of the u.s soccer of u.s soccer federation so um, everything's fully funded for us which is Great. incredible because Good. the previous world cups that i had been a part of it was all self-funded so um, that was a really unique experience
0: that really speaks to the passion um, mm. that people are doing all this work to get on the com- competition field so yeah that's amazing yeah. so who won this last round of competition.
1: Uh France has won the past two world cups. That was a big sigh. Yeah, uh because um the US feels like personally I feel like we can compete with um, any team in the world and um and um you know, I don't think we necessarily um put our our best effort um out there. I mean, competition is is one of those things where you can play a team you know 10 times and the result's going to be different every single game right um and in this tournament unfortunately once you get to the knockout rounds you only get one chance at it and uh, we lost to england in the semi-final 1-0 oh.
0: um
1: and it was just uh it, it's, it's we really um we really believed in ourselves that we could win and unfortunately it didn't happen this time but um i'm already looking forward to the next world cup so
0: and so when is the next World Cup and where will it be?
1: 2026 in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Nice. Um, so um, uh, talk about passion. That is, you know, soccer capital of the world currently, or football capital of the world, I should say, um, with them uh, winning the, the Men's World Cup and um, and just having an electric feeling when it comes to their fans are incredible um, in power so- in power chair football and um yeah, they're they, they a really fun group. I, I actually went to um, Buenos Aires in 2016 to help them build their program up and to learn a little bit more about international competition. And uh, I had a great time down there. I'm looking forward to going back.
0: Wow. Well, this has just been amazing, Peyton. Thanks for sharing these incredible stories, and um, I hope you come back sooner than uh, 2026. <laughs>
1: yeah, looking forward to it. Great.
0: Thanks so much.
1: Yep, take care.
0: For more information on how you can support Arise, visit our website at AriseInc.org. Support Arise. Support Independence.